This is the Adams Road Podcast, an outreach of the Christian music ministry Adams Road. We study verse by verse through the Bible and share music filled with God's Word. Let's start today by listening through Acts chapter 18, verses 1 through 6. After these things, Paul departed from Athens and came to Corinth. He found a certain Jew named Aquila, a man of Pontus by race, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius had commanded all the Jews to depart from Rome. He came to them, and because he practiced the same trade, he lived with them and worked, for by trade they were tent makers. He reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and persuaded Jews and Greeks. But when Silas and Timothy came down from Macedonia, Paul was compelled by the Spirit, testifying to the Jews that Jesus was the Christ. When they opposed him and blasphemed, he shook out his clothing and said to them, Your blood be on your own heads. I am clean. From now on, I will go to the Gentiles. Now let's go back and revisit verses 4 through 5 from Acts 18, because there's another nuance we can pick up from some other Bible translations that bring additional insight. The World English Bible Translation, which we read earlier, reads, He reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and persuaded Jews and Greeks. But when Silas and Timothy came down from Macedonia, Paul was compelled by the Spirit, testifying to the Jews that Jesus was the Christ. Note Silas and Timothy's visit corresponds with Paul being compelled by the Spirit to witness, which we've covered already. Now let's read verse 5, this time from the King James Bible, which brings a similar idea. And when Silas and Timothy were come from Macedonia, Paul was pressed in the Spirit and testified to the Jews that Jesus was Christ. Got that? Compelled by the Spirit? Pressed in the Spirit? Okay, let's look at a couple other translations. The New American Standard Bible reads, But when Silas and Timothy came down from Macedonia, Paul began devoting himself completely to the Word, testifying to the Jews that Jesus was the Christ. And finally, the New International Version, when Silas and Timothy came from Macedonia, Paul devoted himself exclusively to preaching, testifying to the Jews that Jesus was the Messiah. The idea of Paul being compelled by the Spirit after Silas and Timothy had arrived must also correlate with Paul devoting himself completely to the Word, exclusively to preaching, since many Bible translations emphasize that point as well. It seems probable that Silas and Timothy brought financial gifts from the believers in Macedonia to Paul and Corinth, which would have freed him up at that point to put aside tent-making and devote himself exclusively to the Word, at least for a season. After all, Paul wrote to the Corinthian church, Did I commit a sin in humbling myself so that you might be exalted because I preached God's gospel to you free of charge? I robbed other churches by accepting support from them in order to serve you. And when I was with you and was in need, I didn't burden anyone. For the brothers who came from Macedonia supplied my need, so I refrained and will refrain from burdening you in any way. 
That's 2 Corinthians 11, verses 8 through 9. Paul is determined to offer the gospel free of charge to the Corinthians. At first, he supported himself through tent making, as affirmed in Acts 18, verse 3. At some point, likely upon Silas and Timothy's arrival from Macedonia in verse 5, Paul received financial support from the church in Macedonia, which allowed him to do ministry full-time while still offering the gospel free of charge to those in Corinth. Let's keep reading. When they opposed him and blasphemed, he shook out his clothing and said to them, Your blood be on your own heads. I am clean. From now on, I will go to the Gentiles. It looks like Paul's full-time devotion to preaching moved things along rather quickly, bringing with it strong opposition from the Jews. Whenever Paul came to a new area, he always first offered the gospel to the Jews, then the Gentiles. We see such a strategy reflected in Romans 1 verse 16 when he wrote, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Some of Paul's evangelism tactics, including his response to the Corinthian Jews' rejection of Jesus as Messiah, is very much in step with Jesus' commands to the twelve apostles when he first sent them out to the towns of Israel. Jesus instructed them in Matthew 10, 12-15, Go nowhere among the Gentiles and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel and proclaim as you go, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. You received without pain, give without pay, acquire no gold or silver or copper for your belts, no bag for your journey, only two tunics or sandals or a staff, for the laborer deserves his food. And whatever town or village you enter, find out who's worthy in it and stay there until you depart. As you enter the house, greet it. And if the house is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it's not worthy, let your peace return to you. And if anyone will not receive you or listen to your words, shake off the dust from your feet when you leave that house or town. Truly I say to you, it will be more bearable on the day of judgment for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah than for that town. Such an approach is certainly in the spirit of what Jesus said in Matthew 7, 6 as well. Do not give what is holy to the dogs, nor cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn and tear you in pieces. When people are determined to reject the gospel, sometimes it's best to just move on, at least for the time being, and invest our time elsewhere for the sake of Christ's kingdom. We aren't called to force anyone to believe. We're called to preach the message, knowing that God is the one who gives the growth. After offering the gospel to the Jews in Corinth and upon their rejection, Paul responds with this statement, Your blood be on your own heads. I am clean. From now on, I'll go to the Gentiles. Paul would make a similar statement in his farewell address to the Ephesian elders in Acts 20, verses 26 to 27, when he said, I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all, for I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. These statements may have been inspired by the book of Ezekiel, in which the prophet was called to be a watchman for Israel, 
As such, he had a certain duty and obligation to send out a warning to the people when he heard from God. If he didn't pass along the message, he would then also have to bear their guilt and be punished along with those he was supposed to warn. Ezekiel 3, 16-19 says, And at the end of seven days, the word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Whenever you hear a word from my mouth, you shall give them warning from me. If I say to the wicked, you shall surely die, and you give him no warning, nor speak to warn the wicked from his wicked way, in order to save his life, that wicked person shall die for his iniquity, but his blood I'll require at your hand. But if you warn the wicked, and he does not turn from his wickedness, or from his wicked way, he shall die for his iniquity, but you will have delivered your soul. Or well, here's another example from Ezekiel 33, 1-6. The word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, speak to your people and say to them, If I bring the sword upon a land, and the people of the land take a man from among them, and make him their watchman, and if he sees the sword coming upon the land and blows the trumpet and warns the people, then if anyone who hears the sound of the trumpet does not take warning, and the sword comes and takes him away, his blood shall be upon his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet and did not take warning. His blood shall be upon himself. But if he had taken warning, he would have saved his life. But if the watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet, so that the people are not warned, and the sword comes and takes any one of them, that person is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood I'll require at the watchman's hand. Fortunately, we're not under the old covenant as believers in Jesus today. If we are in Christ through faith in the gospel, we are eternally secure in him. Our eternal security is not in jeopardy if we fail to evangelize everyone all the time. However, Paul certainly felt a heavy responsibility towards sharing the gospel with everyone and sounding the warning trumpet. He knew something others didn't know that could save them, and he didn't hold back. Paul wrote to the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians 9 verse 16, For if I preach the gospel, that gives me no ground for boasting, for necessity is laid upon me. Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. That's a strong statement. This was no joke to Paul. This was a matter of life and death for people. He obeyed the Great Commission to proclaim the gospel to all of creation and did so with earnestness. Do we have a similar heart? Do we feel a pressing urgency and responsibility to share Christ with the unsaved, to reach the unreached? Do we truly believe John 3.18, which says, Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. Do we have a heart of compassion towards those who don't currently believe in Jesus and stand under that condemnation? Do we have a heart of compassion towards those who have never heard the truth? By grace we have been saved through faith And it's not from ourselves It is the gift of God 
Not by our work so that no one can boast We are called to be free But we do not use our freedom To live for sin And so we serve and love each other Created in Christ Jesus to do good works Which God prepared for us to do that we might bear Him fruit Cause He took our hurt We worship the Father In spirit and truth Our spiritual worship Is bearing good fruit We once were in darkness But now we are children of light Our lives are a living sacrifice Everyone who says to Jesus, Lord, Lord, will enter in to the kingdom of heaven. But the one who does the Father's will, by believing in Jesus, will enter his rest. We are saved by grace alone, and full of love we show our faith by what we do. is dead, cause a heart of love bears the sweetest fruit, for when we remain in Christ, we live by His Word. We worship the Father in spirit and truth, our spiritual worship is bearing good fruit. We once were in darkness, but now we Children of light, our lives are a living sacrifice. Jesus saw the rich giving gifts for the temple, but that poor humble widow gave more than them all. She put in all that she had. Like her we will stand And give ourselves fully to God For those who love their life will lose it And those who lose their life for Christ will find it We worship the Father our spiritual worship is bearing good fruit We once were in darkness, but now we are children of light Our lives are a living sacrifice The work that God requires is that we believe in His Son. That was Living Sacrifice from the Adams Road album Resurrected. The 
gate is narrow The way is hard that leads to life and follow Jesus, you must deny yourself Take up your cross and come after him Do not look back You've got to lose your life Renounce all you have for the sake of Christ There's no other way You have to die To your flesh and then he'll bring you back to life To live in the spirit you will find You had to lose your life your nets and boats, leave your families and leave your lands and homes, even your children for the sake of Christ, you will receive a hundredfold and eternal life in the age to come. Lose your life, renounce all you have for the sake of Christ. was Lose Your Life from the Adams Road album Resurrected.
This is the Adams Road podcast, an outreach of the Christian music ministry Adams Road. You can learn more about us at AdamsRoadMinistry.com. Again, that's AdamsRoadMinistry.com. We release a new podcast episode every Saturday. Join us next episode as we examine Acts chapter 18, verses 6 through 8. Grace and peace be with you all.